Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Getting my dad to say I love you. To say what? Say he loves it. Outrageous. Dad, we've got another fantastic episode coming up of getting my dad to say I love you with excellent guest Rich Wilson. You've done some research on Rich Wilson, right? Mm-hmm. What's he about? He's a comedian. A comedian. He's also got an amazing podcast, Insane in the Men Brain. Oh, right. Yeah, I, I forget that people also have podcasts as well these days. People can do more than one thing now, Dad. You still don't yeah. quite know what a podcast is? Is that kind of fair? Well, yes and no. I mean, I, I think I'm appearing on a podcast as we speak. You are technically appearing on one. Yeah, he's got insane in the men brain where he chats to guys about about kind of masculinity and emotional issues we might have. And I've done his podcast, which is great. Does he call himself a working class comic or something? He is working class. He's very funny. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, everyone's working. Well, everyone's working. Are you working class? Well, I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, I work. If you say working class is working, that's what you have to do. Yeah. But Rich is great. He's also got insane in the fembrane. I'm going to go chat to him, find out some stuff about his parents, and see if he's got some advice on getting you to say I love you finally. Does that sound good? Well, that would be good. Great. Rich Wilson's with me now. Hello, Rich. Hello, it's good, good to be here. I'm well. Good, you, you good? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Um, I like to crack straight in on this pod. All righty. We'd like to ask right out the gate, <laughs> have both your parents said the three magic words, I love you, to you before? Um, uh, now, no. Not growing up. I don't remember it growing up. Not a very, not a very tactile family. Not a very... Yeah. There was love. There was love. They, you know, they made sure that we we didn't we didn't want for anything. We always had things like we always had the latest sort of toys and things like that. Like we didn't have computer games and things like that, but we'd have the latest toys. Um, but there wasn't a lot of affection as such. I remember it being yeah. a big deal when my dad went for a phase of reading us bedtime stories. Really? Yes, and we used to get really excited about that. Um, but it, my dad was. My dad's quite a shy man, so for him to do that was quite a big thing. And it would only take the slightest kind of thing to make him feel silly, and then he'd stop doing it. Like, oh, well, <laughs> God, right, that's it, you know. Um, but he, since, I think, since becoming an adult, uh, definitely my mum and I have been saying we love each other for many years. I think since my since my kids were born, I, made a, I remember the first time I'd said to my mum, I love you, and she said, I love you too. And, yeah. 
But how old were you then? So I would have been 19, 20. Yeah, when my first one was yeah. about 20. So it would have been around that time. So we're obviously, we're obviously all feeling a little bit, um, uh, what's the word, sentimental. And, you know, it kind of inspired fresh feelings of care and love. And, and we were up to have that. But my dad, very recently, he's 75, and he very recently opened up to me about his childhood. I kind of knew various bits and bobs. I knew that his, his, his nan wasn't very nice. And he'd had right. a terrible upbringing. But, uh, but I'd always go, oh, I love you, Dad. And he'd go, yep, all right. See you later. <laughs> and so, I, know. I know that very well. <laughs> but now we've, I've been hugging my dad for about the last 10 years. And now suddenly he's, his arms are coming up from his side and he's sort of hugging me back. And I think he secretly quite likes it. And very recently, and I'm talking... <laughs> A month, maybe just be months. Oh two. yes, we got a fresh one. Yeah, I said, to, I said, uh, I love you, and he said, love you too, and yes. it was wonderful. The day he said, uh, did you call him out on it? Did no, you say, I didn't. Did no, I, I just, I just, <laughs> I just put the phone down, and I turned around and I said to, I said to my, I just turned around and said to my missus, I'm like, yeah, that was lovely, you know, That's... it's a nice moment. It's a nice I know. Moment. So, yeah, he said it for the yeah. first time, but he said, love you too. Yes. And uh, are you now quietly holding out for it? My wife has said this to me before when we started going out. She said, I said, like, love you, because I think I was a bit uncomfortable with it because of how I was brought mm. up. So, and she went, that doesn't, love you doesn't count. You've no. got to say, I love you. So, love you too. You're, the, you're like, you're like Champions <laughs> League, right? You're in the, yeah. you're in, you're qualified for Champions League, but you're not quite got Premier League yet. Like, Premier League winners where you say, I love you. Has he gone for the full I love you yet? Or not are you just yet. holding out for it? Not it's yet. Close, it's close, I'm, mate. Like we said, it's, it's, I'm, I'm just glad that he's acknowledging feelings now. You know, and yeah. you know, like I say, he's 75, 76, you know, and he didn't have a good upbringing. He had a tough time. And so he said to, he said his own stuff to work out. Mm-hmm. We're sort of the first generation of men that are really talking about our feelings and, and things like that, really. And so, you know, he's kind of catching up and I'm just proud that he has, you know. He still wears cowboy boots, which I think is brilliant. You know, <laughs> he's a proper... So that's what I mean. My dad is a legend. He's like, my mum and dad... Uh, of course, really cool. So, you know, for him to so for him to be doing that, I was well chuffed. But yes, you're right. I love you. Him saying it first would be that would be it. That was we don't want to cur- we don't want to curse it. Can we just go yeah. back a stage when you say he still wears cowboy boots? I, I would have. You could have asked me to guess fifty ways you were going to finish that sentence. I would have never guessed my dad wears cowboy. Would you mean he still wears cowboy boots? As in he used to be a cowboy, or he yeah. just he's he uh, he's always wore, is that is that something I don't? Does that mean a certain type of man who wears cowboy boots? It's, well, yeah. I mean, it takes a certain confidence <laughs> to wear cowboy his, boots. He doesn't wear them all the time. He didn't wear them all the time. He's this. He's just had cowboy boots since I can remember. I remember, <laughs> I do remember we were on holiday in Cornwall, and it was the it, and this is when I was very. You know, my dad was like early thirties, and he suddenly realised that just because he was a dad, it didn't mean he, he had to dress like an old man. You know, you know, like you see old pictures of of people like when they were fourteen, looking like they were ninety five in their suits and their, <laughs> you know, they all look like they worked in a bank. And yeah. my dad, I remember my dad was on holiday, so we ended up going round the shops, and my dad bought a pair of Levi's. Uh, a pair of Ooh. Levi's trainers that are like suede and denim. I remember them. And, a le- and, a, and yeah, yeah. And he bought these. He was like buying more modern clothing. And then I remember when the cowboy boots turned up and he, and he didn't wear them, like, he didn't tuck his jeans in. He'd still wander around, like they'd be underneath. But 
Yeah, he's always had a pair, and even now he's still got them, <laughs> and he's still and he's still. Mill McDonald's got a great bit when he said like he's got a bit when he's you know he's walking down the street and like people say that men think about sex every thirty seconds or whatever it is, and he's like no, it's not true. He goes, I'm walking along going, oh maybe I could wear cowboy boots. You know, there's a moment where yeah, but he yeah, says yeah. nah, I couldn't wear cowboy boots. But yeah, it's a, it's a certain kind of confidence that you need to pull off. You, you have, have to, to not give a monkey's about what anyone thinks. You'd have to care, not care a jot. My dad has a similar attitude to not caring, but like not rather than going, I'm so confident I'm going to be vaguely stylish. His is like, he just has food on his shirt. (laughs) He's got like stains on himself. The other day we were on a Zoom and uh, he was wearing a Christmas jumper still, like in February. (laughs) Because it was the nearest thing. That is the thing my mum bought him for Christmas. And I said, dad, I just realised every time I've seen you, I was at home over January, you wore that every day. Have you have you washed that? And he was like, um, and I was like, that's gross, mate. That's so gross. Every day for two months, he wore a Christmas jumper. Because I, th- I honestly think he just, I'm I'm almost certain he, he re-wears underwear just for, just because it's near him. He's like that level of you. confidence. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't care. I think that's it. You, there's it's a, too confident. <laughs> or is it lazy? I don't know what the... Well, it's just that. You just don't... You, you know, it gets to a point where you just... Well, no one's looking. No one cares. I'll just do whatever. And just and, then that, and that's a rocky road. Because you're going to end up with a weird must. You know? You're you gonna, are going to wear a you're gonna, must. You're going to smell weird. And that's what happens. Because you say, well, no one cares. Goes, yeah, they do. They start to move away from you on the train. You do need to care. You, caring a bit is important. Uh, yeah, so change your pants, your socks, you know. <laughs> keep it fresh, you know. Wear a Christmas jumper, yeah, but not all the time, you know. No, not, when, not when the sun, yeah, not when uh, we're getting into spring. It's it's alarming. <laughs> so, But on the cowboy boots, so the, your dad, then he's had that confidence, and then is that, is, yeah, um, you you got into comedy. When did you, mm. got, did you get into comedy a bit later in life? Have I made that I up? Like, yeah, I was 32. Right, how... How did your dad react to that? Was he? That's a level of confidence you got. I mean, it's very obvious to say you got to mm. be confident to comedy. But do you reckon that's a, a thing your dad's passed down to you, or your mum, or well, where did that come from? It's weird. My mum and dad are like I think, like most people, there's a weird. They're weirdly confident, but at the same time, horrifically shy. And the slightest thing will just engulf them in shame, and they will shut down. And, and 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 I think I'm the same. I've, I'm weirdly confident in certain areas, but I also am horrifically shy as well. I've always, I was a very shy person growing sense. up. So yeah, it's this weird. It's a weird thing. I, I'm I'm confident with what I wear. I kind of, especially as I'm older now, I kind of. I, You're I, stylish. You are a stylish man. I'm well, gonna say well do you know what? You you hope so. You know, you kind of wear what you want to wear, and hopefully, people. You know, it's nice that people go, you look great, mate. And that's, that's nice. It's when, you know, it's funny because I do get comments quite a lot and I, and I like, I do like it, but it's when I know when someone, when nobody comments, I'm like, yeah, these are the wrong ones. I shouldn't, I've got this pair of trainers. That I've just, I've got them on now. I wore them last night at a gig. And there's a guy there that I know is a sneakerhead, and he didn't mention them. And I'm like, oh, these are shit. <laughs> you're, you're such a comedian that if you don't get um, vocal <laughs> feedback, that you assume it's a bad, it's a bad outfit. You're like, I died on my ass in these jeans. No one said anything. I tried a bit of crowd work. I was like, how? Would you reckon of these denims? And no one said this anything. Is this is it. If you're if you're wearing trainers, new trainers in front of a sneakerhead, and they don't comment, you know you've made a you've made a bit of a faux pas. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, so I didn't yeah, know but, it's yeah. the neurosis of a comedian. Oh, just we're riddled. Always, 
But I think with the, my mum and dad, mum and dad have said they're proud of me. Um, they still, there was a couple of years ago and I was, I was like my, my flatmate, uh, Paul Sweeney, I think, I think you know him. Um, I know Paul. He's an equally stylish man. Very stylish, more stylish than I. He's, he's incredible. And, oh, he, and but you, I bet, bet you've got no instant coffee in that flat, mate. Just, absolutely just pure, not. Pure, pure high-end beans being ground there. It's a hipster's dream living in our flat. <laughs> Do you just eat off an old bit of tree <laughs> rather than a proper table? We chucked it all out. It's got a lot of roof slates and just. <laughs> um, you put your calendar on a chalkboard on the wall. <laughs> we haven't even got lampshades. The lampshades in the lounge are just like like uh, like wire like shapes yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just not a single sock in that whole household to be found just bare ankles we're waiting, we're waiting for that to come around when socks come back yeah um, okay good but yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, but um he's a, he's my barber he's a br- he's a brilliant barber as well as being a brilliant comedian and i remember a couple of years ago i said to my mum i'm going to i'm going to do a barbering course just to have i, I fancy doing it I'd like to have that skill, just you know, just to have it. It was just it was going to be an extra thing. And my mum, she went, "Oh, wonderful! Oh, I'm so pleased you're finally going to get a proper job." Classic. And it's that they don't understand what we do. It doesn't make sense to them. They're proud of me. They can't understand how what I get paid for. They don't understand yeah. it. So they're proud. Have of they me. been? Have they? Have they been? Have they been to shows? Yes, they have. Yes, and I remember there was a big. I was doing an Edinburgh preview in Hackney. Uh, um, at the uh, Hackney showroom, wherever it was, and they, they, I remember there was a big chunk that was about them, and I hadn't worked it out yet, so it still sounded a little bit offensive, but it wasn't, it was all, made, all meant with love. And I remember getting to that bit, and mum and dad had sat there, and I just went, oh, and I've just forgotten the rest. Anyway, we're gonna have an interval now. <laughs> Oh wow! You pulled out of it because you saw that. Oh no! I couldn't do it because I didn't want to. I didn't really want to upset him. I love, I love him dearly, and the last thing I want to do is upset him. And it wasn't oh, no. meant to be upsetting. It was more to do with the fact that you know parents have been blagging it since since time began, since 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 they became parents. You always think that your parents know everything, and they don't. They're just blagging it. I mean, that is you a know? very funny revelation. The older I get, I'm like, you, yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised I'm alive right now based on how little knowledge you have. I mean, especially my, my mum is, she was a pretty capable mum, but my dad, I was just like, fuck it, old mate, you, you didn't know what was going on no. half the time. No, and, they're, and, they're, and they're battling their own neuroses. They're battling, the, the they're having to unpack all the stuff that was pumped into them from their parents. You know, my 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 grandparents, your grandparents, they were in the war, and so there was a different. It was just different, and they had to. And then they were told, right, you're now. They were t- they said to our parents, right, you're just going to go and get a job, and then you're going to meet someone, a woman, and then you're going to have kids. You know, there was that. You know, it was very. There was a lot of you know. There was a lot of you know. There was a lot of um, not good parenting advice. Pumped well, into our parents, and then they had to unpack it, and then you know. very dated yes. stuff, wasn't it? Like, I mean, yeah. to be fair, like my weirdly, my dad, I give him, I'm giving him grief, but you know, he was told essentially by his mum. You know, this, you're talking about his proper job stuff. He was told you got to get a proper job, be a lawyer or a doctor, classics. And then he became a lawyer, and he hated it so much. All he told me every day of my life was never be a lawyer, never really. be a lawyer, and so that obviously like affected me so when i was at school i do remember being like people think i'm like 
all I'm going to do is try not to have a real job, like just something that makes me happy. Um, and I'm lucky in a way that he had such a shit experience but he, that he turned it into a positive. But, you know, you could easily, it can go one or two ways, can't it? Be, you, he could just continue to pass that on. Yeah. Uh, but maybe the fact he hated it so much was, was a blessing. Um, and my mum was a bit more, <clears throat> she's more working class and was, when I started doing it was uh, very much like, uh, what? Is well, I think getting education, all that, and then when I started making money from it, she was like, "Oh, you make money from it? Yeah. Well, fine." So that's, uh, but that's interesting that you're because what did you do then before you were a comedian? Was it? Did you have a a, a, a so called proper inverted mm. commas job? All manner of things because I was it. I was at college when I when I met the mother of my children, and then she became pregnant. So I had to quit college after a couple of years. Well, I was good. I was training. I was going to go into care work. I was going to. So I was training for that. And, oh, wow. and then I met I met Lisa, and then she became pregnant. So we did. I was like, right, well, you know, we're gonna have to get a job. That's what's gonna happen. She's gonna have a kid. My child. I need to get a job. So I ended up working in care homes and things like that when I in the early nineties. And then I went on to be a bus driver and a van driver, and I worked in all manner of places. Just kind of, I could never find something that I really wanted to do. I always never felt settled. I was always bouncing around. Yeah. And Mum was like, just pick one. Just pick one, like, because they always said, like, just get a job. It doesn't matter what you do, just get a job because you've got to pay your rent and you've got to live. Doesn't matter. So there wasn't even at school. There wasn't any kind of talk of career. You know, I wanted to be a chef for a bit, but then someone said it's unsociable hours, so I didn't do it. And now I'm a comedian. <laughs> but I, but I did. I found my vocation when I was 32, and I've, I've, I've since found a thing that I'm really good at. But it doesn't make sense to a lot of people, you know. No, you've all, but you've also added podcast. You know, mm. podcasting wasn't so big a thing even when you started, right? Yeah, you know, absolutely. It's just sort of in its nascent form. But yeah. um, so when you so then talk, that's interesting. So your parents were get a job, get a job, and then when you eventually like, I've got a job as a comedian. What yeah. was that? What was were they just like? Well, we didn't mean this. <laughs> <laughs> well, they wanted something. We didn't mean any job. We meant we meant one of five jobs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they just wanted me to, you know, like like my mom, my dad. My dad is a, was a civil servant. He used to work. He was at, you know, he was at Whitehall. He was HMRC, um, and his boss was Gordon Brown at one point. Oh wow! So you know he so that's a, you know very middle class, very it's a, you know very it's a very good job. Then my mum worked in a she worked in a bakery in a factory that makes King's Mill and all the bread and things. So she did night shifts at that. So I've had very so it's a very middle class and very working class uh, sort of combination. Mm -hmm. um, and the, yeah, it was just it was just like my dad was more like, look, you just as long as you're happy, as long as you can pay the bills, you just find. What oh, it that's is. nice. And so he was like that, but my so mum... So that's your, your, your dad's, sorry to cut you off, that, that yeah. reminds me of my dad in terms yeah. of not the most effusive with saying I love yous, but actually wanting you to be happy is kind yeah. of his way of showing that. That's a yes. loving side to show, isn't it? Because I, yes. I know on this, this podcast, it's kind of annoying to be like, I sound like a sort of whiny bastard going, well, so my dad say, I love you. But it's like, there is different ways of showing it, right? Yeah. And that, I think that's a, a very underrated way, which is just to hit a sort of, just being happy that you're happy is a big thing. Yeah. That not every parent does, right? No, exactly. And I remember many times my dad would say, like, you know, I'd be, I was really big on music, loved music. And there was always, we were always putting records on and Top of the Pops was always on. And we were watching, 
you know, there would be, I remember there was a, uh, there'd be every year there'd be like a marathon of like, you know, music videos and live gigs and it would go on all, all Saturday and all Saturday night. And my dad and I would just sit there watching all these different things. And so music was a thing. And I remember talking about that and, and talking about being famous. And my dad just said like, that, when you make your first million, I'll be your accountant. And I, and I remember him saying that. So there was that. That's he did, funny. So, so he did believe. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, there was a, you know, there was that. And my my mum's very supportive as well, but, it, you know, she was she's more like she comes from a very working class background, so it was like just get a job, mate, in a factory or wherever it is, and you just do that, and you don't think about anything else because you've got you know you've got your kids and you've got things you've got to just get a job. So interesting, you know. But those it, two you know. those two different attitudes though, actually, I think make up a lot of being a successful creator. To sound, mm. I know that sounds wanky, but because you need that. You know, everyone thinks, oh, that guy's funny. Or good. But you need to have, like, an insane work ethic. I really do believe that in this. I mean, Certainly you, now, yeah. You can be the odd person. I mean, yeah, maybe, maybe in the, back in an era and there was less people and get a little... I mean, you still need luck. We all need some luck and a oh, break. Of course. But, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you need that, like, work ethic of just, like, work. And then you need the other thing, which is the sort of <sighs> pursuit of a, of a thing that makes you happy rather than just a thing that's work, which uh, I yeah. think is a... Those two, those two uh, kind of factors, yeah, made you a comedian. Well, this is it. I always felt when I was working, wherever I was working, I'm like, nah, this isn't it. This, this can't be it. I can't. I was a bus driver, and I remember there was the, the table of old guys that had been there for like 30 years. They were like the old guard, and they'd all sit on the table together, and everyone kind of, you know, sort of revered them as the elder statesman of the bus garage. And, and I remember the first time I actually was accepted and got to sit down with them and. You know, they took. You know, we had a chat, and one of them just turned around and said, "Well, you know, you'll never leave." And I think I left the next day. <laughs> yeah, I, I just love like, it. I'm not doing that. It's, I can't. I just couldn't. I think with comedy, this so, it's so open ended. There isn't like you do the gigs, and now you can do podcasts. You can write a book, or you can do whatever. There's so many. There are other avenues. There's so many different things you can do, and it, and it. You know, it's a, it's a very like I say, it's a very open ended career. Could go anywhere. Yeah, there's um, you know, and people, anyone with any type of job, if if you're finding some happiness in it, it's great. And yeah, it's not so. But there is something that I agree in terms of the variety element of what we can do is a really exciting thing. Of it is like I, I kind of yeah, I think just literally from my dad hating what he did, and I was like, why, why spend forty hours a week to be, you know, not enjoying that time so the great thing about this is yeah podcast grabbing that and then mm. get to do stand-up and you're, you're just keeping i think your brain engaged and and you're you're still excited about things yeah. which when when you can be at that point where you're getting jaded yeah i think chatting to jaded people in, a, in an industry is a great advert for making you do something yes that doesn't yeah. make you feel that way and you have to there's obviously something in us that pushes us on to keep creating and keep doing new things because you are only you're only answering to yourself unless Unless you've kicked on and then you're doing, you know, you're involved in movies or in TV or whatever. And then deadlines, there are deadlines. People ex- people need things from you. But when you're on sort of my level, you're only, you're kind of doing it for yourself, you know. You're doing it, like people like the podcast and they expect it every week. So you're, there's that element to it. So there are, there are deadlines of a sort. But if you stop tomorrow, people would kind of go, oh, I used to enjoy that. Oh, well. <laughs> 
<laughs> Isn't that it, like a, know, yeah. that's very true? But you you wish you wish you'd break everyone's heart, but they'd be like, oh, that's annoying. <laughs> oh well, I'm going to go listen to this one now. Um, <laughs> you know. If only there was an, if only there was another podcast that had been made that I could listen to in the world. <laughs> yeah, I t- going back to what you said. Actually, I got in just in time with because I remember. Brad Acton, who was to do with um, uh, the Hardcore Listings boys on the Distraction Pieces Network, he messaged me after I'd been on uh, Hardcore Listings and he said, you should do a podcast. They're going to blow up. There's there's about to be a huge wave where everybody's going to be doing it. And I was like, okay, let's do it. So, yeah, I got in. I was like Indiana Jones running across the rope bridge as it's dropping away behind him, just like running along. (laughs) You did. Yeah, I mean... I feel like that about many things in, in, in our careers. And we're like, I feel like you you can either, well, it depends. That's the positive way of looking at it. You can always be, you could have been like, well, if I'd done it seven years earlier, then I'd be, everyone yeah. always goes, oh, you should have done this in 1998. It's like, it's like writing out here. You used to get paid fucking 20 million an episode to write on Friends and all this yeah. shit. But um, there's still, there's always, the good thing is it's always different, different little yeah. nooks and, and niches to, to, to capitalize on. So um, yeah, just to go back to parents and so you, yeah, you, that, I, I love the fact that your dad was kind of like early, accidentally, kind of osmosising your fame. Yeah. When you, when you were younger yourself, were they? Was it like a disciplined household? Was it like a if you fucked about, did you get in trouble? And because I think discipline, yeah. you have to kind of be. There seems to be a common thing where some people, a lot of people on here, is like a mix of being ill-disciplined as a kid, but still somehow having a level of discipline. To does that make sense? Yes. They were, you know, because I come from a time, like the 70s and the 80s, where violence was just in the air, you know, at some point. <laughs> Sorry, that's, you a, know. that's a really funny but bleak <laughs> sentence. Yeah. Which just you walk down the street and there's people just like karate chopping each other as you walk to the shops. Yeah, that song that everyone was kung fu fighting is pretty pretty <laughs> accurate. Just, Instead of love is in the air, <laughs> violence is in the air. I think because it was a time of, you know, the 70s, much like now, was a time of, you know, extreme hardship for a lot of a lot of households, and we were luckier than most. You know, like I say, we didn't want for anything. Mum and Dad made sure that we had everything we needed, and and always made sure that Christmas was great, and and you know, we had presents and things, and you know. But there was the there was you know, you were scared of your parents. You were scared of adults. You were scared that if you fucked up, you were going to get a clip around the ear roll. You know, you were going to get someone somewhere would punch you in the head. <laughs> And you go, what was that for? They go, I know your mum. And you're like, what? Okay. And it just, it was just accepted that a grown up could cause you some damage. So I think you're talk, talking about talking about the waves you just got on at the end of. I got on the end of that. I, I remember my dad clipped me around the ear when I was three. Yeah. And I feel like maybe a week later, the government were like, or whoever, people were like, can we just not hit really? our kids? <laughs> Like eight, eight, 89, just before we hit 1990. That's he it, yeah. His, he's got his clip around here. <laughs> I think that was, yeah, it was the band was coming in. So everyone, like the night before, just kids around, oh, got their head punched in. <laughs> it was like the final night before <laughs> yeah. lockdown in the pandemic, everyone getting hammered. Like the purge for, for kids. Everyone's got their smacking asses. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, go. big foam hands and big foam asses. <laughs> let's hire a jockey to help us get as many in as we can. <laughs> it just, it was, it was just, you were just scared of your parents. You were scared of, but you know, they weren't, it wasn't all the time. You know, it, it was just, a, there was just an air of, something if you might if you messed up something was going to happen to you you were going to get reprimanded at school you know there was you you'd get the slipper or you get 
you get, which sounds funny when they say the slipper, it wasn't a slipper, it was a plimsoll. And so you had that rubber, like a rubber Ooh. gym shoe. Those, those, those old school black with the elastic front. It was one of them. And, it, and it, you know, it wasn't a slipper. It wasn't like, you know, Cinderella giving you a tap on the body bot. I, I was just thinking it's like the uh, the heaven and hell version of the Cinderella slipper. Like, just <laughs> does it fit this guy's ass? Yes, <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah. I remember being stood. Yeah, I'll tell you the story. I remember... Because in our school, in our you know, school, it, you know, you know, it's going to be a good story when someone has to do that. It's because it's just a bit mucky. It's just I went to an all boys school, and so a lot of things, a lot of sayings, a lot of things, and so to succeed was to receive uh, oral gratification. And right, so we stood in the office. We busted the fence. There was a there was a chain link fence that went all the way around the playground, and it, one of the some of the pins had come out. We ended up all bouncing on this fence, and we and we busted it. We all, <laughs> we all got we all got hauled into the headmaster's office, and we're all lined up. And Mr. Jones, and he's walking up and down. And he's going, oh, I don't know what it is with you boys. What is the matter with this generation? Don't you want to succeed? <laughs> we all, wow. And we laughed so much, we all got slippered. <laughs> Because we couldn't explain to him what we were what we were laughing at. Oh, that's very funny. Come here, son. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. So, yeah, parents, violence. But they let you do... They weren't... Like I say, it was a weird, you know, they were really good at letting you kind of make your own mistakes and finding your own way with a little bit of guidance. But if you really step too far, I think my dad had a really tough upbringing. His mum was awful. My my nan. And my, did you, you did know, you meet her? Did you meet her as a kid? Yeah, she was a stony faced woman. She oh, was that's interesting. not to be Can fucked you, with. Really? Were mm. you like? There's always a, is that the thing you've always got like one grandma who's nice and one who's a bit scary. Yeah, grandma, my my nan, nanny quick. She's lovely. She's still alive. Love my nanny quick. She's beautiful. And to a certain extent, I love Nan Wilson, but she was hard work. She And you could see, like, she put my granddad through absolute hell to the point. I remember my dad said, he said recently, he said, you know, I stood up to her and said, don't you be, don't talk to dad like that. And Nan, and my granddad took him to one side. I went, look, you'll just make it worse. Don't, 
worry about it. Oh, God. So he had that to deal with as a child. And so he's bringing that, you know, they didn't have therapy back then. So he's bringing that into his, when he became a parent. And he's, there was already an element of him going, I don't want to be my parents. Mm-hmm. But then there's still that whole generation of parents that just think that you discipline with a hard, you know, in a hard way. And so, you know, you're kind of, there was, we were he's, in that, so we were in that kind of adjustment period. Yeah, you, he you was know? like the first, he, yeah, he was the very like slow adopter of trying to, yeah, like it feels mm. like there's that element of him in there just trying to be like supportive of what you love, but he can't quite, yeah. it's like, it's a vulnerability, isn't it? If he says, yeah. yes. I love you and all this or, or something. It's, yeah, my dad's like, was the thing like, Apparently he used to come down to sort of breakfast and his parents are sitting both behind their big broadsheet newspapers, <laughs> sort of vaguely nodding in his direction. Yeah. It's like, no, I don't know what that is. It's like, it's, yeah, it is. It's a fear of if you open yourself up too much, then I don't know what, it's a crazy fear. Cause what, what are we worried about? It's going to happen. It's well, going to make you a yeah. better person. Well, this it? is it, but it's that fear of looking weak. You know, we're all, you know, stiff up a lip and you've got a rule with an iron fist. And, and I think, that's what we were dealing with when we were kids. You know, that there was still that hangover from that. And, you know, the, like there was, the, but then there's the extreme. So there was the fear. You were scared of your dad. You were scared of your mum. But at the same time, then there'd be the other side of things where we had the best holidays. We used to just, we'd go camping in Cornwall <laughs> and they were fantastic. Like we'd pack the car up of an evening, like properly. And this is, yeah, and this makes me sound old. This is before the M25 was built. That does so, make you sound old. That's yeah, like saying you know. before smoke, when smoking was still allowed on aeroplanes. It's the same sort of thing. <laughs> so I remember driving from uh, from Orpington in, in Kent, in sort of southeast London, all the way down to Cornwall, and it would take all night to get down there. And this little car that would go like 50 miles an hour, 60 miles an hour. And it was it was an adventure. And I used to love that. So there was those great bits where they do wonderful things. They took us to museums. They took us to all these wonderful places. But then there was the extreme of the few, you're kind of scared of them if you if you messed up. So yeah, yeah it's a funny time. But I don't it's re- like regret a, any, regret any. No, you don't regret it. You, yeah, exactly. It made you. You've turned out all right, haven't you? So you kind of yeah. Well, you kind of suss out the bad bits and you go, well, I don't want to slap the kids. You know, I don't want to do that. And I know that I just want to be. I ended up being more mates with my with my sons. I don't know if that did them any good. Because I was really? still quite young myself, so yeah, yeah, you were you yeah. were very near their age. Mm. I mean, that's quite a nice. So you're, yeah, your son. What you're like twenty years older than your son? Yeah. So my eldest will be. He's just about to turn thirty next week. And oh, my, that's my Yeah, and my youngest is twenty four. And we, they're like my mates. Like we send each other music stuff, and we, they, they borrow my clothes. You know, we're. We're like mates. It's really. I, and, I would you know. borrow my dad's clothes if they didn't stink <laughs> and weren't eight times too big for me. But yeah, a musty Christmas jumper would look great on you, mate. It'd be a great tent if I want to <laughs> live on the street for a bit, keep everyone else away from me. Um, uh, that's so. But yeah, so you, you're worried. You think that's like a nice thing in one level, but also maybe not the best thing for them. Is that what you're kind of saying? I well, I mean, they they're, they're top boys. They are. They like other and. I'm not just saying that because they're my lads, but other people will say, oh, mate, your boys are brilliant. They're so lovely. And they're so, you know, and you can see how they interact with other people. You can see they're decent dudes. And so I don't think it's done that. I think maybe when they were younger, I don't know. I think it's, I think they're all right. I you're think, just being yeah. a, you're being a comedian about it. You're criticizing. You, you're yeah, looking for maybe. the, you, you've, you've had a decent gig and you're like, oh, I didn't. <laughs> Worry about I the things I could have done. 
That one got a C instead of a B at GCSE <laughs> Design Technology. If I just like made him locked him in his bedroom for an extra two days, yeah. Um, yeah, I yeah. think there was a lot because the, their mother and I broke up when they were very young. So we 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 sort of we spent the nineties getting back together and breaking up again. And in year two thousand, uh, Lisa and I broke you, up. You're like Oasis. So, yeah, basically, if we spent the nineties being Oasis, <laughs> we were the Liam and Noel of the parenting world. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know we loved each other. We couldn't be in the same room. And uh, I think, yeah, but uh, but we never used the kids against each other. Even at our dark, like we're best mates now, Lisa and I. But at the time, oh, that's good. That's yeah, we we you know I went to I was at Keanu's wedding. Uh, my eldest called Keanu, which I'm so glad Keanu Reeves didn't turn out to be a paedophile. Oh my god, mate, he's <laughs> the best celeb. Honestly, Isn't have you he? seen all the stories about yeah. him? Like how he's the nicest bloke. Yeah, in the world. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even before. The internet, and he's been through so much awfulness. The man has had all manner of oh, stuff. He has, hasn't flung he? Yeah. At him, yeah. And you, and even to have endured all that, to then still be a, a, one of the most legendary human beings that's ever lived, is incredible. Oh. But that's um, being at Keanu's wedding, and then Lisa was there with her fella uh, Rob, and we just get on. It's just really nice, even though at times we hated each other. Never used the boys against each other. We were always communicating. It was never, you can't see the boys this weekend. It was always, there was always great lines of communication. Have you, um, that's, uh, that's worked out. That's lovely. Yeah. And are you, um, are you a, I guess with that close age, have you kind of, you go for beers of your sons, that sort of thing? Is that a thing you've done or, yeah. or have done? Because then is that, did your dad, like I, I talked about this before with um, Pip and was like, um, my dad, like all he all he really wants is to me to have a beer with him. But like, even, and when I if I I'm not in the mood, it like upsets him. But yeah. I don't know if that's a that's a uh, if that relates to you and your kids or your dad and you have that sort of bond in any way. We went f- well the re- the way my dad and I stayed in sort of our the way our sort of relationship stayed sort of so we stayed with we had a good bond was that we he took me to see the Damned, my first band when I was fourteen. Um, and that was at Hammersmith. We were watching the young ones one night, and then uh, it was one. It was a. It was an episode called Nasty. It was a Halloween one, and this band, The Damned, were on. And we, I'd heard of them vaguely, and my dad. I remember my dad and I were both sat there like Homer Simpson and uh, and Bart watching the uh, the Monster Truck advert. Oh yeah, we were both like. <gasps> what is this? And then the next time, next thing I know, dad's bought tickets for us to go and see the damned. And so ever since then, we've been, we've seen the damned. Oh, God knows how many times. I think every time they tour, we go. Um, oh, that's amazing. Yeah. We go and see them all the time. We've been to see them countless times since, so since 1980, 86, we've been to see the damned nearly every year. Um, we've been to see, we saw the Ramones. We saw, uh, we saw public image limited. We saw, so many great bands over the years and that's how my dad and I communicated with your music and going to see bands and stuff so and then you've passed yeah. that on with your kids in a nice way where well, you're uh, sharing music with each other yeah exactly exactly so is that and like my dad and I used to we'd go to the pub every now and again when I was about 18 but and I think back now to the conversations I was having with him I was like, such a dickhead I was always talking about fighting and being hard <laughs> Because <laughs> that's what, Mate, I, that's what I thought. Violence was in the air. Yeah, it was. Violence it was in, in the air. air. Yeah, let's <laughs> talk about that. But we get, yeah, my dad and I, I yeah, we just go to the pub and then we'd stumble home and have a, and like my dad gave up drinking quite a long time ago. But uh, when, I was, when I was 18, you know, we, yeah, we used to go and have a pint every now, every, 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 every couple of weeks we'd go to the pub on a Friday night and just get pissed. It was good. It's uh, you're, you're, It's quite a special thing, I think, that you and your dad have this 
the fact that you sh- share such an interest because weirdly mm. like um what's it called me uh my old man is like he's awesome but he's like he doesn't love it's one of the things like, i love sport and watching football but like neither of my parents do really my mum likes tennis actually so that's yeah. a little weird bond she likes tennis and murder shows that's my little <laughs> bond with her it's a funny venn diagram of stuff that we share <laughs> I'm like, have you seen this one where this child gets goes missing in the first episode and then they find her for ages? Um, but my dad is like, his his stuff is so like, it's so bizarre. He's into like old documents and and history. Oh. Like he can't remember he can't remember anything I've just told him, but he can remember who was the commander in chief of the British uh, forces in nineteen. You know, one of those yeah. sort of olds. But it's so it's very odd to have. Um, yeah, I've got no real shared interest. So I'm sort of. I guess envious is, is not right, really the right word because you know it's just it is the way it is, but it's something quite yeah. lovely about having that really direct thing that you guys have in common. Have you done a three generations visit to the the damned with your kids as well? No, well my boys aren't really into my my youngest is my youngest is studying music at BIM in Bristol as we speak, and so he's get he's really into his music and he sends me all manner of stuff and. Uh, but my youngest, my eldest is more, so he, he's a dancer. So he's more into sort of hip hop and street dance. He does all that. Um, we, so we've not been, I don't, see, that's the thing. My, my, la, my, I think when they used to come, there was a few times I'd got in from gigs or I'd been out and the lads were at my, I used to, I was with my, my ex-partner and she'd been looking after the boys and I'd come in drunk. And it put them off a little bit because I'd be all exuberant and jumping up and down and going, hey! And they were like, oh, no, I don't want to be around this. So <laughs> so we didn't... It, there was a, I, I, took my, my, I took Keanu out for a beer when, we was, when he turned 18. And we lived, I lived in Greenwich at the time with my, with my missus out in India. Um, and we went into... I mean, we're going, we did a pub crawl around um, Greenwich, ended up in Up the Creek, and Tom stayed and Mike Wilmot were on the Canadian Canadian comics. Yeah. And so they proceeded to give him shots and he got pissed in the in the creek. And we had a really good time. And they were wandering back to the flat and he went, Is there anywhere else we can go, Dad? And, went, and there's a pub, it's called the George and Dragon. It's, my flat used to be behind that at the bottom of Blackheath Hill in Southeast London. And I went, Well, we can go in here. And it's a gay pub. And they also do drag. They did their drag going on on a Sunday night. They're like, we'll go, we're going here, we're going here. And so we went in, and as we walked in, all, all the guys in there were going, oh, hello, here we go. What's this? Yeah. Look at this EastEnders shit going on. Thinking <laughs> that I was like, we were like, I was like some kind of, I don't know, sugar daddy or something. And my son, it was his first experience of that kind of environment. His eyes are all big going, what have you brought me to? I'm going, no, you're going to have a good time. So we had a few beers and some shots and we watched the drag queens and, and we had a really good time. I haven't been out with the youngest until Christmas, just gone. We went out Christmas shopping and then there's a pub I like to go to, the Blue Post in Soho. Oh yeah, I love that pub. I love that pub. I'm in there. If I'm in Soho, I'll always go in there. And I took him in there and we just, it was the first time he and I had a couple of pints and we were just talking about music and and girlfriends and and things and it was a really nice moment but that's taken a while so, yeah so it does happen but we've not been we haven't seen we haven't been to gigs together yet you've just reminded me of um i've no you're just funny you just yeah talking of this like alcohol way of connecting with a son mm. is uh my dad is i don't know where it comes comes from in his family of his parents but I forget, even when I was a kid, he's like, "Have some wine." I was like, seven. Have some. Have a bit. Have a bit of wine." Genuinely, he was like, "Have a have a sip of wine. Have a sip of wine." All this, and then um, we went on an all inclusive holiday uh, in the Caribbean. Me, my dad, and my sister. Because my mum didn't travel at the time because mm. she got agoraphobia going on. Oh, so, shit, sorry. But my, no, yeah, but she's 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 got past that now, which is good. But um, 
So it was always a bit of weird anyway, because my mum wasn't there, but my dad <laughs> forgot I was like 16 and I didn't have, you had to have a wristband to drink and I was like right. too young. And then my dad and these two other guys I met on holiday, um, uh, there we were having a laugh and then my dad's like, you guys need a proper drink. Don't, don't worry, I'll get it. I've got the wrist. And he got us, because it was like all inclusive. He got us like, I think we had like six tequila sunrises oh, each. Oh no. And we were, and we were like <laughs> violently sick. And then, like, the next day, his parents... Next day, at 7am, we'd booked a Jeep safari, which is, like, going into a... Je- and I just threw up. I had to stop every 10 minutes to throw up. And then the guy running, it's, like, some... Um, like, some some Lu- Lucian guy just absolutely cracking up at me, being, like, lightweight. And then I think the rest of it... And then I was like, that's a kind of a fun, like, dad trying to connect. But also, like, so responsible. Remember the other parents, the other kids were like, did you just get our, our underage kids hammered? My dad's like, um... Yeah, yeah, on paper, but it was meant in a nice, loving way. Well, this is it. Uh, my, yeah, my dad would, I'd ring my dad and say, Can you come down the shops and get us stuff? And he'd come down and he'd get it. Yeah, we, we had fun, we had fun dads who were. Yeah. Who were, who and he'd were, go, he, you know, he'd go, uh, there was times. Did he ever buy you porn? Did he ever buy you porn? No. So one, of my mate, one of my mate's dads, and we were like 12. <laughs> I won't say, do I say his full name? No, he's, well, it doesn't matter. Anyway, he was like, he got a Playboy and we were like, oh my God, this is bizarre. I don't know what we're supposed to, but it was like his, it was his dad or his stepdad. Someone like that bought it for us. I was like, this is a funny thing. What are you doing buying a 12 year old? Do you know what? I, so I was with my ex and her son was the same age as, as they were the same age as uh, Keanu. So one, it was the Christmas where they became teenagers and we got in their stocking. Um, <laughs> there's a little bottle of whiskey, and <laughs> and, a, and a and a rhythm magazine. <laughs> wow! Yeah. What, what age? What, what when you say teenage? You mean thirteen? Thirteen, fourteen. <laughs> I might have been sixteen. I don't think it was as irresponsible as that. <laughs> might have been sixteen. Oh, sixteen's yeah. fine, mate. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. could smoke at sixteen. It's fine. But you yeah, yeah, smoke. a rhythm magazine and some booze. I'm not familiar with Rhythm, is it? Is it one of the good ones? It's, uh, no, it's not cool. It's just, you know, I think it was from uh, the TV show Bottom. When he just, when, uh, oh, when Rick yeah, just I love goes, Bottom. Yeah, when you're upstairs with your Rhythm magazines. Oh, yes. <laughs> I used to love that show so much, man. That's Such a show. great show. Um, but yeah, that was, uh, yeah, we did that. And so, yeah. So, <laughs> as I just did that awkward thing of going, what kind of a parent does that? And you're like, um, uh, this type of parent. Yeah. Um, mate, this has been great. Before we wrap up then, yeah. I'm just going to, um, my dad, I've got him, you know, he I, he did, I got him to do a bit of research into who Rich Wilson is. Because <laughs> my dad, just don't take it personally, he doesn't know no, who anyone is. No, no, no. no. Who, who, he doesn't know anyone who, who's uh, been alive after 1972. Is uh, everyone's, everyone's dead that he knows. Um, so you don't take it personally. But I did get him to record a question. So I, he looked at your website. Oh, no. No, don't worry. He's just got one question, one question for you. What are the demographics of your audience? Oh, what are the demographics of your audience? Uh, I think he looked on your website and I think he said, does it say like working class comic or something? Does it say yeah, that on your website? There's also, so I think he looked yeah. at, when I said do research, I think he read the main thing on your website <laughs> and based the question. Uh, of that. Um, uh, this is a good question though, because you've probably yeah. got a bit of a diverse audience based on the podcast and then on, on live shows. It is a very, it's very diverse actually. I think based on, uh, yeah, I am working class. Um, and a lot of what I talk about obviously comes from a working class perspective, but 
you know, there's things I talk about. I talk about my ex- my experience working in a gay sauna, what what I did there, and I talk about um, I, I've got material about uh, trans um, gender neutral toilets and the trans issues, and talking about that. And so I get I get people from all over the place um, messaging me saying thank you, I enjoyed that. So it's quite a broad, yeah, quite a broad demographic. I think there's an element, have- there's a generation of us. There's people that my age and a bit younger. That were, you know, we were the we were the Jewish generation. We were the ravers, and now and now we're older. You know, we're middle class, but we still want it. We still we're still buying funky trainers. We're still getting out there, but you know, people are saying to us, "Oh yeah, but you're old now." I go, no, we still we did we rave, but we rave during the day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we rave at a sensible hour. Yeah, I like yeah, that. yeah. And so, if you yeah. see if you have if you go to Rich's gig, make sure you compliment him on an item of his clothing more than his comedy. Yeah, basically. I don't care if you don't laugh all night, but if you don't comment on my trainers, I'll be really upset. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they cost you money. You spent money exactly. and time coming up with them. I will say um, this. I will say this before we go. That the best thing that ever happened to me, parent wise. Uh, so I grew up like oh, so please with music. tell me. So with music, I grew up with that, and so my dad had this incredible record collection. My mum and dad always into music. And so, you know, they they go off and see Queen. I remember recently, it's like very recently, trying to go old and ringing and ringing. And, and they got back to me the next day. I'm like, what happened? Were you all right? I went, yeah, we were at Alice Cooper. So they still go off and they do things. Oh, that's awesome. And then I love the, that. the day that my dad said to me, um, do you want my records? Was the <sighs> single best day of my life. Oh, yeah. I love that. That's he, so nice. And even now, he's like, you still got it? I'm like, I haven't sold it. It means more to me than anything. It's it's so important to me. So, Dad, if you're listening, and you might do, uh, I love you, and thank you for the records, Dad. Oh, yeah. that's so nice. What? Well, there you go. It's Again, it's that... Um it's his that's his way of saying I love you exactly. but having to actually say it out loud he hands them down to you yeah fuck that's Perfect. nice and if my dad's listening I don't want that Christmas jumper passed down to me mate <laughs> give it you to can, him dad give it to him I'm, I'm gonna burn it at the stake I, um, I want this to be sent to you in the states it's perfect for LA <laughs> well and if your if your dad is listening let's upgrade that love you too to an I love you next time yes but, um, dad you know but also don't be bullied into it just when you're ready but yeah actually that leads me to the final thing Rich okay Based on that, I'm, I've kind of sort of trodden on my own thought there, which is I'm giving your dad advice on saying I love you. But I always get the guests to, um, at the end, just have a little address John Martin and just tell him just any little, inf- anything you think will encourage him to just finally say I love you to me. Um, I just think he just needs to dig deep. He knows it's in there. He does. You can tell even by that little snippet that I heard there. The fact that he's willing to do that just goes to show what he thinks of you because most dads would look at what we're doing and just go it's nonsense and your dad sounds quite austere and quite you know he was you know, he was a lawyer and he's quite sort of you know he's well read and he's you know he, i would assume that he would find this complete nonsense but for him to take the time to do that just goes to show that it's in there so i reckon i reckon he could do it it's, just, it's right he's there he's there he's right there if he's doing this is he if he's sending you if he's willing to do that for you it's right there. I know it's coming. Oh, Come on. You can do look it. Look at that. Come on. So insp- so inspirational. <laughs> I love it. Really. Before we then fully go, mate, anything we, we can, obviously, um, if anyone watches this on Patreon, we've got your podcast. It's right mm. there on the graphic. Insane wow. in the Membrane podcast. Do you want, and, and you've got a spin-off podcast as well? We've got Insane in the Membrane. We've got Insane in the Fembrane, which is where I have, um, I talk to women about what it's like to be a woman, because obviously I don't really know. And it's been incredibly insightful 
I, you know, I've learned so much from actually having one-on-one conversations with, with women, um, and what women have to deal with because you know we just see it from our perspective, and it's completely different. Obviously, I've also got insane in the then brain that we did where we talked to people who identify as non-binary because that was a new conversation to me. So mm-hmm. I wanted to find out what it actually feels like to be non-binary, and so yeah, there's all manner of things. We talk to people from all over the all over the world, from all all different areas of life. It's it's uh, it's well worth your time. Yeah, Rich Rich's Thank pods you. are great, and I love the fact that no, they are, and Thank I you. like the fact that you're. <laughs> Thank you. I love the fact that you're uh, you're all open to learning about new things and all that stuff, which is just a, a good, just like exciting character trait. And people Thank who you, are man. curious about life and love Rich. Every time we d- I did yours the other day as well, yeah. and like we always we always we get we get the nice balance of some some laughy laughs and some uh, some more poignant stuff. That one it's, we did talking about the the, the supermarkets, mate. Still Still funny. Still funny. Are you doing yeah. that as a bit? Yeah, you doing that as it's a bit. It's coming. Yeah. It's in the new show. I've got oh. a new show called "You Could Have It So Much Better." It's going to be in that. So yeah, I love it, man. Good, good, mate. Nice. Always a pleasure. Thank um, you, Chris. Speak to you soon. I love you. Love you too. Thanks, man. <laughs> a podcast from producer Paul Uk. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.